0: Hi, this is George Slaughter for TV Confidential. Watch it. Never watch it. Listen to it. Here is a bulletin from CBS News. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Vice President Lyndon Johnson has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded, uh, presumably he will be taking the oath of office shortly.
1: Ed Robertson, along with Phil Grice, Tony Figueroa, and Donna Allen, as we remember how television news covered the events of November 22, 1963. Phil Grace, of course, founder and owner of Archival Television Audio, ATV Audio.com. We'll- Tony Figueroa's Standalone Podcast, This Week in TV History, available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. This segment of our program originally aired November thirteenth, 2013. We're replaying it tonight to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the death of John F. Kennedy. I want to shift gears a little bit. There's a question we want to ask you, Phil. Before we forget, we've established that you know you were home. Uh, you happened to be the right place, the right time, and in, in a position where you could capture this historic moment, not only in the history of our country but also the history of network television. Now, as the only one in the room, so to speak, who was there on 112263, since that time. There have been a lot of motion pictures that dramatize the events of that day. There have been a lot of television dramas that dramatized that day. There have been a whole a lot slew of books, of do- books yeah. and documentaries. In your opinion, Phil, as someone who was actually there and who remembers what you were doing and how you felt on that day, of the many different dramatizations of the Kennedy assassination, are there any ones that's in your mind really captured what happened?
0: You know, it's interesting you asked that. Um, I went to uh, Google. I, I typed in JFK 50th anniversary uh, TV specials and documentaries. You know that I came up with 26 specials that um, are now going to be broadcast. Uh, one already uh, was broadcast, and I actually saw that on November uh, 3rd, and that was JFK The Smoking Gun, which uh, really has changed my opinion about the fatal shot, uh, it not being from Oswald, but from a Secret Service agent right behind the Kennedy car accidentally, and you have to see that, it's called a smoking gun, and um, it has to do with uh, tons of research that was done by uh, Colin uh, McLaren who, uh, through forensic evidence and all kinds of measurement and practical uh, research uh, going back into the past, including the 1967 CBS special on the subject, um, the shark shooter, uh who made an appearance came out with a book called Mortal Error, uh, The Shot That Killed JFK, and that was 25 years ago, 30 years ago. It's now almost, I think, definitive that Oswald did not fire the fatal shot, and that's the one that you see in the Devuda film that really blows half of his skull off. There are special galore, the final hours, National Geographic, the smoking gun, which I just stated, 50 years of questions, JFK assassination, killing Kennedy, capturing Oswald, it goes on and on. But to answer your question, I have not seen an awful lot of films including Oliver Stone's JFK. Kelly. In fact, I, I did behind-the-scenes on two Oliver Stone movies, um, Twin uh, Tower and uh, also uh, the one that he did recently where he did a remake of, um, uh, was it, Money Never Talks, Wall Street. I think that was a very definitive film, and it stirred up a lot of controversy. In fact, um, I was doing a documentary about eight years ago, and I was at Time Life, and I actually had one of the three surviving existing Buddha films in my hands. And he was able to get special privileged uh, uh, opportunity to actually go through that film for his JFK 1991 feature.
1: One other thing that uh, you brought up, Tony, is that, uh, it, and it's interesting, we, we talked about how the JFK assassination was a seminal moment in the lives of many baby boomers. For years, it kind of stayed with the city of Dallas as a stigma. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for many years, uh, you couldn't say Dallas without thinking of... Well,
2: Dallas was a euphemism for, if you didn't want to say the assassination or or, or or Kennedy, you could just reference Dallas and it was a euphemism for the assassination.
1: And that stayed with the city for many, many years. It began to change in the 70s with the emergence of the Dallas Cowboys football team as America's team. If you saw the Cowboys, you would think of the city. And then that really shifted in 1980 with the popularity of Dallas, the television series. Ironically,
2: who shot J.R.? Yes, That's right, who shot Jr.? Huh. yeah. But, yeah, because now if you say Dallas, people think J.R. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny that way. But, yeah, you don't think that in a term. It was stigmatized for a long, long time. And you, if you look at popular culture of the time and how much... The Kennedys influenced the popular culture, and then how, after the assassination, how much the popular culture was influenced by that time as well—not just laws and broadcasting and secret service operations, but you have to really t- kind of take a look at the big picture that we had. I mean, you had this young couple as this, pre- you know, as the president and first lady that represented all of our hopes and dreams being realized after, you know, everything that happened, and in one day, it's gone. I mean, it's gone. And I've heard the term loss of innocence used so often when they're talking about that particular time period. It gets reused again, 9-11 and, and other historic events. But you look at the influence that those two people had on everything from the Dick Van Dyke show to fashion, to what Jackie wore, to the fact that he didn't wear a hat, you know, and how, how they dictated everything. And then one day, it, it's all gone. And, uh, you know, you talk about the baby boomers. There's a hunk of baby boomers who remember everything. There's a hunk that it's a blur, and there's a small portion that weren't around and don't have any sense of reference to what the world was like before then and what the world was like after. And I think most people who are alive today, if they're old enough, there's probably three days that they will view the world, and one would be uh, Pearl Harbor, life before and after, JFK, life before and after, and 9-11, life before and after.
0: In the Los Angeles Times, it states from November 22nd through the 25th, 1963, 96% of TV-owning households tuned in for an average of more than 31 hours apiece, and a record-setting 41.5 million television sets were in use during the president's funeral Monday afternoon, and, and that would have been the um, third day. It it actually, just for the record, the actual coverage begins at 1.53 with regard to continuous coverage on NBC, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go 24-7. Today, it would be 24-7, but on Friday, November 22nd, NBC broadcast only 12 hours and nine minutes on saturday november 23rd it broadcast 18 hours and two minutes and on sunday november 24th it broadcast into tuesday at 1 16 a.m when nbc signs off the air that was the longest stretch 41 hours and eight minutes and it comes out to approximately 70 hours and 29 minutes of coverage within Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days. So a lot of people think, you know, it was 24-7 coverage, but that worked. It wasn't.
1: Well, it wasn't 24-7, at least on NBC's part, until Sunday the 24th. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more, and I want to tell you about The Full Circle, a collaboration led by Astrid Kastenberg and Katia Gerviez that takes place twice a month at the Women's Club of South Pasadena, 1424 Fremont Avenue in South Pasadena, California. The full circle is based on the premise that all of us are our own best self-healers and that movement is medicine. For more information, go to Cotalife.com, C-O-T-A-L-I-F-E, Cotalife.com or go to at CotalifeGoddess on Instagram or at KatyaGerviez on Instagram.
0: Hi there everybody. This is Patrick Duffy and you're listening to TV Confidential.
1: We are taking a look at uh, how television news covered the events of November 22, 1963 along with Phil Grace, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. This segment of our program originally aired November 13th. 2013. We're replaying it tonight to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the death of John F. Kennedy. Phil? There
0: was an interesting poll. 1998 CBS News poll showed that 76% of Americans believed the president had been killed as a result of a conspiracy. And in 2013, an AP poll showed that although the percentage had fallen. Well, more than fifty nine percent of those folks they believe that more than one person was involved.
2: Let me ask you, Phil, at what point when you were twenty years old and you're a young guy and you have you know your whole life ahead of you and you have a, a president and a first lady who represent the hopes and dreams of somebody exactly your age, at what point in the process when you were focused on recording and documenting and archiving at what point? Do you think that you had, you must have had an oh my God moment when a certain reality must have washed over you that the world you know has been irreparably changed forever?
0: Well, I'm really amazed at how much change has occurred in the last 15 years, much less 50 years. Yes, I was around at the age of 20. If I was 10, I would have probably perceived things a lot differently. But I was, you know, mature. I was almost 21, and um, I certainly was um, aware more of, of what was going on. In fact, I remember recording uh, the uh, Jacqueline Kennedy special where there was a tour of the White House. And I had taped other programs with John F. Kennedy. And uh, his talk went back, uh Passed away, and there was a special at the United Nations. I was always interested in that kind of stuff, and you know, it—it it was like what Don Pardo said. He, at first, you don't believe it. You, you know, it's just—it's just too bizarre. And then when Ruby shoots Oswald, and I'm watching that on live TV on Sunday, also, uh, it was like something out of the old west. You—it yeah. you know, it was incredible. You really prostitute all until much later on. One other thing we didn't cover as much and it and it to me it, it's fascinating and that is the backstory behind Abraham as uh, the Pruder and uh, how he came to be where he was and they uh, <laughs> you talk about divine providence, he was shooting a Bell and Harrow eight millimeter movie camera. I had an eight millimeter movie camera in nineteen sixty three. I had one back in fifty seven. That was my first one, the first I ever shot was uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field there last year. And I had to wind my camera. It was not motor-driven, and I had about 30 seconds on a wind, and then it would stop. The pruder has 26 and a half seconds of, of material, and he just got all of it. it, it it's incredible that down the road, I, that actually... Um, was valued at $16 million, that put it. And initially it was sold to the Time Life for only a 100000 And they had pictures the next week in Time Life. It mesmerized the nation for weeks and months afterwards. Pictures, photo stories, retrospectives, lone killer. And it's still a controversy 50 years later.
1: I think it's safe to say that at least as far as NBC News is concerned, your recording of the lost Pardo bulletins and the last first three minutes, 53 seconds, that is the audio equivalent of the Zapruder film.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, in some respects, historically, it's um, one of those very, very esoteric moments where, again, I'm going to repeat, right place, right time. Because it was just, it it was so rare to, to just be in the home with a tape recorder and the, and the, and the television on, it was breathtaking for Buddha actually to put that camera up to his face, just getting you know the right moment where uh, he got those shots. The only difference is his family and his state they received sixteen million dollars for that footage, and uh, I, received, <laughs> I received initially thirty nine
1: dollars. <laughs> Yes, for the $39, dollars
2: 19 dollars Yeah, Yes. You know, you, 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 you're just <laughs> one place. Right? No. But, uh, Phil, I, I really enjoy this stuff. It's one of those things, and I, I I had, a, I guess I would say, a disagreement with a history professor in college because at the end of the course, we had to fill out evaluations. The college required us to fill out an evaluation of the professor, and all i had said was that i thought it was history of the 20- 20th century i had said that i thought that the the class would be better served if we were able to use audio and video aid everything from radio broadcast newsreels all the way up to uh the stuff that you have preserved you know all the way up to you know we're going all the way up to the uh, 70s watergate is that you know we have all of this footage this this is before youtube there's You know, the best we would have is videotape. And I thought it would better serve so we would get an idea of how the American public first received the news of these events. Because
0: Absolutely. I'm I'm on the same page. And I
2: figured, you know, the, the teacher was giving lectures with a certain benefit of hindsight. And it really, I always felt, was a disservice to the students, you know, anything from Pearl Harbor to the JFK assassination. If they didn't understand where people were. At that particular time and how they received the news and also how they could potentially receive misinformation and uh, a certain level of chaos and then how they would process and how they would react and how things would happen because a lot of times the history books would just never cover that. Apparently, I really pissed off that professor. (laughs) (laughs) I think his ego was that he was dynamic enough that he didn't need the help of the audio video aid.
0: Uh, I think uh, his ego was too inflated. There's yeah, nothing I, like I, that. I, I, I would
1: agree. We're taking a look at uh, how television news covered the events of November twenty second, 1963, along with Phil Grace, Tony Figueroa, and Donna Allen. We'll continue our conversation with Phil, Tony, and Donna after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear,